Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Monday's episode of a Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host for this episode, Craig Fowler, and I am joined in person by Tony Anderson. Hi, Craig. And Robert Borthwick. Hello, Craig and Tony. Hello, guys. How's it going? Rob, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very well, man. Thriving. Oh, nice. I, I don't know. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just, honestly, I thought I just needed to add some sauce on that, when in reality, I could just say, yeah, I'm fine and moved on. Tony, are you thriving? Or? Uh, I don't think I'm ever a kind of guy who's thriving. <laughs> you, you're surviving. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a do, do quite well, but in the background, huddling on for dear life. Yeah, Tony, Tony lives to exist. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Oh, that's I'm good. feeling good. Yeah. I'm oh, that's to nice to hear. Yeah. What have you been up to, Craig? You were in, you were in Malaga recently. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, I was in Malaga recently. Uh, yeah. Hi. What were you doing there? You saw the madness of hearts. Yeah, that I was, saw uh, the madness of hearts. Me and Robert Martin got pushed a few times, and uh, yeah, yeah. I was about to say that's taxpayers' money, but I'm assuming the taxpayer doesn't pay for the end of the news of the Scotsman. <laughs> <laughs> the taxpayers die. Further out in Malaga, and uh, yeah, we won't mention anything else. I got up to in Malaga. That's, nah. that's fine. Oh, what uh, happened in Malaga? Stay in Malaga. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. No beds. Exactly. Yeah, no yeah. beds has been saying since the 1992. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody said it before then. No, nah. no, 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 no. People think did people go like, lads' holidays in the eighties? I suppose they did. Didn't they? Uh, probably, I but not. Magic to, lads' holidays started. Maybe not to Malaga. Mm. To be fair, I think the the trend of going abroad with the lads is something that's a bit more recent. Yeah, like, is that nineties? That feels nineties. It does feel nineties. So eighties, what do you, like, you just go to the pub with the lads? You used to be like jolly boys, like you would go on a bus to like some seaside resort or something yeah. like that. You would just you you'd go for yeah. pints in the local and not talk about your feelings. That's mm-hmm, what you do in the eighties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> times have times have changed. Yes. We're getting to the stage where I wish that would come back. <laughs> <laughs> Tony loves to exist. <laughs> and now nowadays we we go abroad and then we sit in the pub and uh, talk about how our mental health fucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. with a madry, then everything's fine. Ah, exactly. Look after your men's mental health, the magic. <laughs> right, we should probably talk about four Scottish Premiership games that happened across the weekend. Talk about and men's mental health. <laughs> yeah, and Thursday evening as well. And in fact, we'll begin on Thursday evening with the... Let me just think through the other ones. Yeah, let's say the most entertaining game of the lot. Um, it was yeah. Rangers 3, Hibs 2. Hibs twice taking the lead, but Rangers getting the three points at Ibrox after Hibs, who were very impressive in the first half, didn't do anything <laughs> after the break. Yeah. We'll get on to talking about Michael Beale as it was his first match in charge of Rangers. But Tony, let's start with the visitors first. What did you make of Hibs? And Ryan Purchase, not only his goal celebration, but also playing in midfield. Field. Yeah, yeah, it's all, all happening. I'd say they just, it's like Lee Johnson knew that there had to be something. He couldn't just have him popped back in at centre half. That would be ludicrous. That's not what we're here for with Ryan Porteous. It must be box office. But he seemed to, Ryan Porteous in midfield is one of those things, talking of pub chat, that you've heard, I've heard Tibbs fans mention over the years because some of his sort of biggest attributes are is, is on the ball and obviously he enjoys a tackle, he's combative. So, you can see where that would maybe come from. And, and in fairness, you normally like turn your nose up when people talk like that. But to be honest, it did seem to, to suit him all right. I'm interested to know like, your point of view on that. 
Yeah, so I mean, for me, it's like John Souter syndrome, isn't it? It's like, oh, look, there's a defender who can play football. Mm. Play him in midfield. Mm. And then it's like, that's basically been said since the beginning of time with ball playing centre-halves who come through academies at Scottish Premiership teams. But I mean, it is kind of true for Ryan Porteous. His his passing range has always been very, very strong. In the midfield, he's not more susceptible to rush out of position, which is what he's been doing since he came into the, the, the Hibs top team. It's something he's not really ever been able to get out of his system in terms of concentration. It actually helps the team a wee bit in that way because you've got more cover if he's playing in the centre of the park. At the same time, he's a very, very good and getting better centre-half. So you're kind of losing something from that aspect of it as well. But again, on top of that, Rocky Bashiri has been excellent at centre-half uh, this season for Hibs. So again, you've kind of got the cover there. So. Yeah, but, there was, yeah, but Paul Hanlon has not. Yeah, no. we'll, we'll come on to that. But there That's was why a, I didn't mention <laughs> There was a point during this game where I thought, there's only one good centre-half in this entire football game, and he's playing in midfield. Yeah. Because like Sands and Lundstrom were not having a, a good time whatsoever. And Paul Hanlon, a guy who's had so many ups and downs, false dawns, early sort of people wanting to force him at the door, but it is getting to the stage where it's like, Paul, you've left the oven on, maybe you need to get yourself up the road, and then everyone moves pub before he comes back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was sort of like at fault in so many different ways for each goal. So it's like seeing the, the whole sort of pandemic of uh, Paul Hanlon's issues. <laughs> the, full, the full Paul Hanlon experience. Yeah, because obviously the first goal, um, like the header. Yes, it's, Jesus. It's, it's like so bad. And, and even though Hibs score right from it, which is which was like, I was in the pub watching this, which is, I've never seen that happen before. It come back and it was, it was certainly not from a Hibs perspective and everyone's going wild again. But even see Lee Johnson isn't even celebrating the goal. He's still berating Paul Hanlon because he just, he can't afford to do that at Ibrox. No, absolutely not. And I, I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing. It's like, if you go to Ibrox, then, you, and especially this is uh, my Heart of Midlothian scars showing here, but they're always going to get numerous chances. Mm. And the key thing is you don't give them easy ones. <laughs> they're going to get chances anyway. Yeah. You don't give them easy ones because that is exactly when they, they can get on top of you. You know, everything starts happening in their favour. Hibs did incredibly well, obviously, to, to absolutely, you know, change that in, in the first half anyway. You know, have that, that sort of cushion and that, that bumper. But as the second half wore on, like Craig was saying, it's like they didn't do anything in the second half um, other than bad things. And, was, and that is always, always, always going to hurt you. It was, what was really frustrating about it is I could see what, what Johnson wanted to do. I mean, Hibs were playing really, really quick on the turn. It was very much, there was not much holding on to the ball in midfield. It was very much trying to get these weak centre halves. Obviously, Divine playing at fullback in one of his first ever starts. Tavernier obviously is, is going to be pushing on. There's so many gaps that were going to be there, and I thought it was a smart way for him to play. I mean, Yuan started, who he's not fancied for a while. There's a reason for that. He was thinking pace. there's pace, directness. So you could see exactly what he was thinking. And to be fair to Johnson, he pulled it off, but his biggest issue is that he never once looked to change that, despite the fact the game had completely changed on its head. But uh, you're looking at Ayla Ewan starting, and, and you're kind of thinking, right, this is the first post-Martin Boyle game of the season for Hibs. Is this now what it's going to look like? You've essentially set up a team and a system to have that blister in pace, someone who can run in behind on the attack and get through on goal. Ayla, he is now the guy, because Martin Boyle, uh, unfortunately, doesn't exist for the rest of the season. And that's got to be something that maybe needs addressed uh, in the, the January transfer window, because Yuan, for as much as he has had some moments, um, he's not got the consistency that Martin Boyle has. He doesn't seem to have the mentality, does he, to be able to cut it in Scottish football? He, <laughs> does, he doesn't have the heart for the fight. Neither did Martin Boyle until he did, to be <laughs> fair. <laughs> I don't know, Boyle would always... They'll do the classic Scottish thing of run around and make yourself a nuisance. <laughs> but that is that does help you in Scottish football. And if you're not willing to, to put in the hard graft, then it's just you're not going to last very long. And you had pretty much from the... There's a couple of... I mean, you could maybe say from the start because he was very poor in that first game against St. Johnson, but there was kind of a, a feeling that he wasn't he, he quite fit. And then he showed some flashes. That was when his flashes Hearts came. and Rangers. Yeah, really. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah and the yeah. um, uh, second half against Levy as well. Uh. He was very good. But since then, so that's all in August. That's August. What has yeah. he done? Well, that, when that weather, when that weather, see, this is the problem. I really don't want to get into the bit where uh, there's almost a bit of xenophobia and, and maybe even racism when you talk about you, and because you can get into, we're going to be using well, word, it, the it, buzzwords it, like laziness. I mean, it, I mean, it, going it, by his Instagram, say. there's a lot of like videos of him scoring offside goals and with, with hip hop music behind it and all that. I'm like, really like, oh, that is quite cringy uh, from, from football. And I'm getting this awful feeling that for Ellie Yuan, it's all about Ellie Yuan. Well, I wouldn't say that uh, he, th th this next point I'm going to make 
it goes against the racism part, but it doesn't. Not against the xenophobia part. Him and Elias Melkerson, just both of them, just like pee hearted. Like yeah. really, just not in it for the fight whatsoever. And you need to, you need to be able to battle to a certain extent. Aye, but also that comes down to the management of the player as well. That you know that has to come from the manager. What you tell me, these WhatsApps aren't working. <laughs> <laughs> you set them down and you say, listen, if you want to survive in this league, if you want to play for this football is that club, the, you is need that to the do problem? Really, you had got notifications turned off. Exactly, exactly. He's none of these messages. But it's bad mental health, so he jumped into WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what it takes. And I think that obviously uh, with with Lee Johnson uh, previously with, with Sean Maloney for. Elkerson as well maybe they're not the guys to instill that that sort of battling winning mentality into younger guys coming to a new country who you need to you need to make understand the way that football works here very rapidly otherwise they'll disappear mm-hmm. I mean in terms of the big performers for Hibs away from Ryan Porteous obviously Cabraja had probably one of his best games in a in a while especially yeah, get him at the door yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, and now he's not again so it's like away. fish one day he's gone then, then he's back and Cabraja's gone I mean I've heard all sorts I don't want to get into into it about the the relationship between Cabraja and the manager but it sounds like that's been if that's true it's been put to bed because it sounds like he's he's playing now his stats were good according to McParton and if there's anyone who appreciates a stat it sounds like it's Lee Johnson because he'll keep Kyle McGuinness on if his underlying stats are good and Cabraja he was going to send him home and now his stats were good so now he's playing every week so give him a uh, new deal that's great and then we had the return to Kevin this bit um, and he showed like just right away Hibs having a striker who is because like, Hibs strikers they all can do different things but none of them really seem to be good at finishing yeah. uh, and then Nisbet gets, comes in one chance and it's and it's like what well, it happens so quickly that you really need to be such a composed striker in that scenario and it's a brilliant finish and uh, that's Nisbet up and running again and you yeah. think it's, that's huge for Hibs because without Boyle you're like ah, and at least Nisbet it's a known quality that I know he had a bad period, but I think we all know he's relaxed and he is definitely, definitely good enough to lead the line for a, a premiership team. By the time a lot of people listening to this, oh, we should say that we were a day late because there were um, logistical problems. I think we can say <laughs> well, yesterday. I locked myself at my house. Let's call ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I locked myself out and then had to go to Karen Mills to get keys from, from, from Mandy uh, and then come all the way back. I had to cancel about three separate things because <laughs> it was still three hours before we were there. We had so much on. I'm like, uh, uh, like, does it come across well? When you're like, I've just... Lock myself in my house, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Just sounds like a lie from the word go. Like, no not, not good enough. Uh, so I was posting missing for a lot of things, but not quite as much well, as the Rangers defence. Well, I, I came back from I came back from Alley the first time back in my house in three months, and I locked myself out. Well, I, well, technically, I didn't lock myself out, but I did. Well, I did forget to bring my key. I don't think I, I thought you were going to say the locks would be changed. That's the way exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I've ever locked myself out of anything. They're not, uh, oh, you, not, you've got a reasonable brain then. I've, I don't done, it, I've done it fucking lots. Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, I've, I've put, had to call a locksmith like about I don't know three or four times in my life. Christ. Well, no, nah, fair play. I did. I did like. The, I've done the sort of opposite. I I once uh, gave directions to burglars to my house. <laughs> 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 that was that was a low. Uh, there was one time when I was younger. Sorry, and, uh, can we, can we move, can I just move on for that? I need to have context. Do you want, do you want the full story? Yeah, I'll do that. Okay, okay yeah, so yeah. My, uh, it was uh, my mum and dad's. I was about 15 or 16 at the time or something. And my sister worked at the corner shop at the top of the road. And I was going up, so my, my I'd niece... I'd be stealing it that all the time if I was you. So <laughs> my, my niece was like uh, four months old at the time. I was looking after her and she was crying. So I was like, right, I'll take you up to see your mum. So I got her in the buggy. Little did I know... Uh, the corner shop had just been robbed and Alex's bag had been taken that had her driver's licence with the address on it and the keys uh, to my mum and dad's house and some boys in a, uh, in a wee Sitchin Saxo pulled up next to me and was like listen mate where about this is Comiston Springs and I was like I was just over there <laughs> so like, they basically directed them into my house <laughs> and they made sure that I was away for just long enough uh, that I, I didn't find them when I got back so that's that's what happened I directed them to the house so uh, that feels like that's not really your fault I, uh, listen, I what feel, the, I see, feel, see in your mind was it boys were like who jumpers and swag bags <laughs> being like I feel the biggest problem is that Robert wasn't prepared for the fact a four month old baby might cry <laughs> oh, give it back to his mum I can't handle this uh, listen I was fully prepared I was like right the buggy's there I'm going to take that <laughs> yeah. like, I knew buggy's exactly are hard to fold down as well so. I, I knew exactly what I was doing <laughs> My word was I was going to, my dad was away on holiday and I had an, an empty and I had a fucking mental uh, house party. Um, Shock. I was only about 16 and somebody threw up all over the bathroom as well and I managed to lock Shock. My, I managed to, it wasn't me for a change. <laughs> uh, I managed to lock myself out at night. 
So I was like, fuck, that's like, the place is an absolute state. Oh, no, I'm going to be over the bathroom. Uh, my dad was near, I think he was back until either late the Sunday or the Monday. Um, so me and my, <laughs> my mate at the time, we went to B&Q, got a new letterbox, got the other one taken off, got a screwdriver, took the other letterbox off, got his wee sister to stick her hand, <laughs> arm in the door and open the door for us so we could get back in. At which point she got stuck. It was just we just ignored her, and she was lying there for what must have been about fifteen minutes, Jesus just Christ. with her arm trapped <laughs> in my door, <laughs> what, through the layer box. Aye, <laughs> as we went about and started to clean the house up, <laughs> she's like greeting in the background, <laughs> like shut up. <laughs> we eventually got that some pains in the post. <laughs> we eventually got some fairy liquid, <laughs> some fairy liquid, and threw it all over her arm, and eventually got her out. Like, <laughs> throw it all over her head. Oh, that'll help. Hey, 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 forever blow bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> and then me messaged after cleaning him up, me messaging my dad. Uh, see when you come back, didn't be too freaked out. There's a different letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Rangers. Yeah. So they're playing tonight. By the time this guy, by the time most people hear this, they would have already played Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. But Rob, what did you think of Michael Beale's first game? Um, uh, to be honest with you, it's kind of like when Beale came back in and he, he gave the sort of mission statement. It's like we're going to play entertaining football. We're going to score goals and win games. That's kind of what happened. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they conceded, uh, and again, a lot of that is down to the defence of uh, Divine Sands and Lundstrom <laughs> for, a, for a free header that is something else he's got no in the circumference of him in the box that was that was wild um, was but like- again it's like I, I think under Beal Rangers are, are, are not to the same extent but are going to get closer to Postacoglu's Celtic than they are to Van Bronckhorst Rangers which is essentially more swashbuckling getting the ball forward quickly trying to win possession high up the park and then score goals in that way and the goals that they scored I mean, it's very poor defending from a Hibs point of view, but at the same time, uh, the, the third goal, Tillman does brilliantly, mm. lovely feet, and then there's Morelos. There's Morelos where Morelos should be mm. at all times. And I think that under Van Bronckhorst, Morelos almost seemed receded sometimes. He, he came out looking for the ball too often. He was in the six-yard box. It's a tap-in. That's an Alfredo Morelos goal. So you can see elements of, of what's coming, obviously. Right away, straight away. Exactly. Yeah. The system hasn't changed that much, but the style is changing, and, and that's kind of what you're looking those, for. Those guys were more narrow than probably what they were under Van Bronckhorst. He liked his proper wingers, Van Bronckhorst, didn't and he? But... Fashion is not a proper winger, so mm. that's not the way to play him. Playing him more centrally and allowing him to then have opportunities running into the box, using his pace to get past his man just over five yards and get a shot away, which is what his goal was as well. You know, it's playing to the player's strengths more than trying to play to a system. And I think that, again, that is something that it'll take time. Uh, it'll take work, obviously. He came in just part of the way through the break, didn't he? So he's not had like a full mid-season, uh, if you want to call it that. But Rangers will be improved. They're not going to win the league. They're not going to get anywhere near that. But they'll be well improved, I think, under Michael Beal because his style suits Scottish football better than Van Pronkhorst's style did. And all you need to do is look across the city to see the proof of that. And you see, you mentioned Malik Tillman. He was probably the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Definitely. He's, 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 I really like Tillman and I think it's instantly revealed that he wants to, to keep him and he sort of like made that a really, it's not a guy that he was involved in bringing in either. So he's come back and he's instantly earmarked him as a top quality player that Rangers should be signing. I think that tells you a lot because he'll just, we, we spoke about it in the season when they were playing in Europe, it was like so perfect. He played with his back to the, to the game. He scored so much to his match. I mean, that game that they won away in Holland, he was superb and he was he was like holding the ball up. He had people were touched tight to him and he was being creative. And then this game he was he was rolling over to the right and as you said for for the goal he he was so creative in there to get it and he's so strong. The only thing he lacks is pace, yeah. which is the reason that Rangers will be able to sign him, frankly. Uh, and that's kind of it. He doesn't he's that sort of quality player, whereas his feet and his the way he uses his body is so impressive that he doesn't really need pace half the time. And even then, he can still break through the he's midfield. Got acceleration, because there's a difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but he's still got enough strength to essentially, if he needs to make that ten yards between uh, center circle and D, then he'll make that quite easily and take players on at the same time. Just because the level and the the weight of his touch is always so good, he can get past his man and give himself that space. How good? How good is it for for? For the individual and possibly for, for the national team with Beal being back with Ryan Jack. I mean, he's instantly put him back in the team. He was very much a favourite under both Beal and Gerard. They've already said as well that there's talk of him now getting a con- what they call a contract for life. Basically means it'll be the end of his career because yeah. he's already... Because <laughs> he's, his legs are fucked. Well, I, I was going to say... He's got a six-month deal. <laughs> <laughs> Until he retires in the summer. <laughs> but I mean, that, that that's massive for Jack because under Van Bronckers, he was only going one way and it was out of range. Yeah. And due to his performances this season, you were starting to get to the stage where he's maybe not going to get to go. He'll be taking a downward step 
but now if he gets to stick and with a manager that really fancy him, I think when you're a guy a bit as vulnerable as Jack in terms of injuries, then you do need a manager to really have faith in you and know how to use you for your career to get any sort of longevity and for him to stay at a club of Rangers sort of stature. But again, the way Beal's talking, Scottish players is something he wants to have there and you'd be no point in letting Jack go and try to bring in others because they're, they're ones that are as accessible. They're, they're not really because, I mean, a lot of the Scottish midfielders at the moment that are ready-made, are they're not going to be playing for Rangers. They're already yeah. playing for sort of, uh, in better leagues. Right, let's move on to our second game of the weekend and let's go with the most impressive result, I would say. And that is St. Johnson defeating Ross County 2-1 away from home. St. Johnson were one goal down for the majority of this game. But a red card to Ross County. I would say I did manage to catch all this game. I was planning on watching, and then my house had a power cut. So that put, oh, good. Paid, put paid to that uh, not long after the Locked red card. Locked yourself out the meter. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was a fucking nightmare trying to get the meter open because of the kind of work that the house had been like all painted. Like where the meter was, so I had to get a knife and like cut out these bits of paint. They were like sewing the the door closed. So he says he actually had a party. Someone was sick all over, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all, over the, all over the meter. <laughs> I was going to the street, like knocking on neighbors' doors to find out if anybody else had it, but nobody was home. So I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Eventually, I phoned up and uh, got the answer. But anyway, yeah, I couldn't watch all this, but. So the red card played a part. Roscoe were 1-0 up at that time. Yeah. Um, but I would say from watching it that the... Antonio, I know you saw this game. Mm. That the tide was starting to swing anyway towards St. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, in reality, I think St. Johnson started the game a lot better than, than Ross County as well. I mean, I think this might be unfashionable to say about St. Johnston, but I think they were they were shown to be the much more ambitious team. They were, they were playing with, with three at the back. But they had Brown and Considine pushed relatively far forward compared to um, Ross County, who it says they were playing three at the back, but I really felt they were playing four. Um, I, I felt that, uh, was it Harmon? Is it number 16? Was it Harmon? Yeah. I felt like he was more playing left back and Johnson was out right, and they had Yakoviti and Baldwin playing it's, it. It's, it's still the same. It's the same county I talked about before where yeah. it's kind of, it's between a four and a three. And yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, like I said before, like Brendan Rogers Celtic side. Yeah, yeah. And Ogbali was, was dropping it to the left-hand side rather than playing set forward. He was seeing a lot of that and he was having a, what some would call a, a fucking nightmare for, for large periods, of, especially <laughs> of, of the first half where nothing was coming off for him. But yeah, so Johnston, they, 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 they were, the final ball was letting them down, but I still felt that they were the much more ambitious team. Um, Dan Phillips uh, had a very interesting game. I, I was getting myself a bit confused because he's one of those players, right? you cannot not see him on the park. He's got this really like... Unique running style. He's like really small, like a square. So he like sc- and he scatters about the the pitch, but he sits quite deep, um, which I think again worked against St. Johnson at some point, which I might come on to. But he was getting on the ball, and and he was he, he must have got as many touches as anyone. I've not checked that, but he was so involved all the time, but not always in a in a positive sense. As um, he's but then he was so heavily involved in the winning goal, absolutely, and it was when, a, just a lovely drop of the shoulder was all it took, and that again that just shows like the. You know, you don't have to be great for ninety minutes, but if you can be great for one minute and win the game, then that's that's all you need. He's got, he's definitely got, especially for St Johnston, who they are starting to get their their midfield back. They're Carey and Witherspoon in there, and with Phillips. And I mean, I spoke about this before, just before the break, saying that with St Johnston getting these players back, that midfield went from being like the one of the most turgid midfields you could ever come across. They're suddenly like. Well, actually, maybe they think it's Lacken's bite. Oh, these are, a, oh, these are like like loads of really, really like sort of nice players. But Phillips did have a, a nice blend. But the one thing I worry about is his physicalities. He, he can't get around the pitch quickly. He's p- being fair, probably a bit overweight, and he's in the way. So I worry that he's 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 to sit that deep and spray the ball. I'm not sure he's talented enough to to do that, like mm-hmm. sort of dictate the play. He's he's also he's a good tackler, but he's not fit enough to run around and put out the fires. So I'm worried that even though he was good in this game, overall he's going to end up being an in-between player. And it'll be, some people will think he's quite good. He'll be that one, you know, the, the fans will argue about him in the pub. About, and it'll be like, what type of player you appreciate will be whether you actually rate Phillips. He, he gets caught quite deep for the, for the goal. He's sort of like, and then the goal goes and the goal that Sir Johnston lose is is fucking criminal when yeah. you're playing with three centre halves. Jordan White's the only it's the only kind of goal Jordan White's going to be able to score. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I mean, Jan Danda puts in a good ball. It's a lovely ball. It's a lovely ball in, but uh, it's a training exercise. Yeah. yeah, you know, where's the big striker in the middle? Manager's telling the defence to stand off him a bit, give him some confidence, let him head it into the bottom corner. That's what it was. They all stood off the one striker that, that Ross County had, which is absolutely criminal. And St Johnson's back line is something that, you know, the constituent parts have been fairly impressed by uh, all, all season, to be honest. And that was that was a huge, huge letdown for them. But take, a Mitchell, take a Mitchell out of that team, you could see it right yeah. away. Right yeah. away. Because Mitchell and... Uh, and the goalie both both out and they had to go with with El Pa as I think the commentators were calling him uh, Parrish is now the the goalkeeping coach uh, and I liked listening to the pod the other week that was explaining why he was going to be good uh, because he's a shit goalkeeper <laughs> that'll make him a, a good but yeah go I mean Brown can see his number and then Gordon's out and he's in between the two of them and it's a deep cross where a guy takes time to measure it because nobody's really pressing him it's just it was a really really poor goal for him to lose and and but again, it's credit St Johnston. I mean, again, they were all the tide was already turning, but that's the second time this season with a red card and they've absolutely blitzed the opposition in that little ten minute period after it. Yeah, but Ali Crawler coming off the bench as well and making a, a, a massive impact. Scoring twice. <laughs> Uh, not only scored twice, but actually playing well. When another, he, when another, he player, another player that's going to get added to the we all say shite and then actually plays for St. Johnson now, so he's good. They're like the new Livingston. Whenever it doesn't <laughs> matter who they bring in, he's suddenly good. <laughs> actually, I don't disagree with you slightly, Tony. I thought Ross County, I thought Ross County played quite reasonably well in the first half. I thought it was quite an even contest. Mm. Um, with, And I would actually say that County had the better of the first seven minutes when like St. Johnson just couldn't seem to get anything to start, really. But then they, they did manage to to kind of come in it. and for that point on I think the first half was quite even with County maybe scoring slightly against the run of play yeah but and also St Johnson done nothing in terms of front of the goal until yeah. uh, Dre Wright putting that deep cross that, that may divert towards and then Clark missed the Weatherspoon cut it back the Weatherspoon chop that I was a St Johnson commentators would not stop talking about okay he played in the World Cup I get it I really <laughs> really really do um, but uh, and, he, and he cuts it back and then Clark sort of blazed over the bar I did think that was one of Clark's poorer games that I've seen him it didn't do much when I, of the 60-odd minutes that I saw. I was The county goal, I think, is everything that was good about their first-half performance. And that Jordan, I think it's Harmon that, that plays it down the line. Um, he, was, he was getting forward quite well in the first half. Jordan White does well to not give up on what seemed like a lost clause. Like, it looks like it's actually maybe out, but he manages to just hook it. A lost clause. Fe- very festive. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. And then... Uh, Edwards, he manages to win it back. He was quite lively in that opening Aye. period as well. He really disappeared after the break. He, but crucially, he wins it back, but doesn't put the cross in <laughs> because he's crucially yes because he's very he's very busy. And yeah. he's very quick. And yeah. He's good at running the ball. He's good at taking it from A to B. And he, he frightens defenders, but he doesn't actually ever do anything. The Brandon Barkers. Yeah, yeah, a bit of the Brandon Barkers about him. And Jan Danda, I think he was getting into good pockets of space around the the final third and, and managing to ask questions of St. Johnson that way and it was him that, that put in the, the cross. But yeah, he's, he's a nice sweet player, eh? Yes. He, was, he's, he's, he's gonna be strike me a bit as a as a fair weather player again. The second they went guard, it was like you'll be coming off now. One hundred percent. I mean when they signed him in the summer, um I was surprised because I'd seen him playing for Swansea and thought this boy's got quite a lot about him. And then he didn't really start many games to start with. I was like, Oh no, <laughs> I don't think he's acclimatized well to this, if I'm uh, being honest. But then uh, before the break started starting more games, obviously started this game, and this is what I expected from him. His range of passing, his crossing is really, really good. He's a creative player. And if Ross County can get that out of him, then his, t- his touch as well is very good. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's just he's he's a he's a good footballer, um, and, and Ross County, uh, you know, could could which, do with some of that. Which yeah, because which you're, you're talking about with Edwards, uh, like the two wide men that were that were playing in this, they they they're frustrating to watch. They, they they run up blind alleys and stuff now. So you do need they can be very helpful players, but you do need to add a bit of quality. People, somebody can maybe take advantage of the fact that they've carried that ball and, and they've got pace and and they've got directness. Now, if you're a county fan or if you're Malky Mackay or I mean, the rest of the team, you have to be absolutely spewing for that red card. Baldwin. Uh, I mean, to, to to lose a man in such ridiculously it was, easy circumstances. What you love about football, though, that? Like, that I totally, think you just changed I, so much. I, yeah, just on that I, like, innocuous moment. 
I watched the replay so many times to see if I could blame the goalkeeper for it. <laughs> it's like, surely it's his fault, but no. Terrible touch from Baldwin. Stevie May is always, always, always going to be there and thereabouts. If you're taking a touch with your back to play and you're playing against it, no way Stevie, he's just sitting back there. There's waiting. no nah, way he's nah. letting you do that. And it was a pure touch. And then, I mean, it doesn't take much or really any contact. Uh, as soon as you put any arm on him when he's going through on goal like that, it's a red card. Absolutely no doubt about it. And yeah, like you said, Tony, for 10 minutes, St. Johnson just absolutely blitzed it. They saw the opportunity, smelt blood and they got the ball into the box more often they flooded forward I think the winning goal um, is, is kind of the, the best way to look at that everyone is making a forward movement mm. into the box no one's staying still and then it obviously it falls to Theo Bear's shot it falls to Ali Crawford and it, it's kind what of, a finish that is it's a lovely finish right. I mean the, the first goal was a great finish as well because he's getting pulled back but the second one it takes some takes some skill to be able to do that when you've got so much pressure around about you the ball's coming at you that quickly um, no fair play Ali Crawford what, mate, I, that goal what it does to someone so yeah. like you can see like this now we're seeing Ali Crawford when he's feeling at his best yeah. and suddenly it's like oh this guy's more than and we, we have seen it before now Ali Crawford we have seen him excel in this league goal scorer midfielder that's what he was at at, at Aki's and that's that's what he should be at St Johnston he's not done it quite yet and I think when he got a new deal a few people were maybe a bit surprised but if he's going to do that and win games then why not because now, just now you're looking as I said Carey Crawford I mean there's loads Wotherspoon you stand in mind if they all score one goal in five games you know if they all become six goal a season that means they're all basically scoring one of them scoring nearly every game you know and that's really what you need from, from your midfield and you start thinking that midfield's got a lot more about it than other midfields if guys like Crawford are going to be what you remember they were yeah, I think St. John's deserve a lot of credit. Look at where they are in the table. No, that's no, that's just, not a fluke. Just about it's to say, they are a point off of third place. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's, no, I, I, that's it. Fair play. Yeah, they've got they've got the mentality. I'm still not entirely sure they've got the talent, but they've got the mentality. A hundred percent. Yeah, which they absolutely did not have last season. But no. again, going back to, to Davidson, I mean, I've heard you guys talk about this on, on a podcast a, a few times. Like, does, would he be better with a director of football who brings some better players in? Or does he need the players to be slightly limited to buy into his style and to do the, the sort of work? Like, I mean, I always get confused with it. I always want to... Because like, the names on the paper, they are shit signings. Like St. Johnson fans, even if they, they can lie to themselves, when these players are coming in, they're not sitting in their room going, great. They're not. They're not. That's a fucking great signing. They're not. There's no way... That, like, I'm, not, I'm not having it. We, they're, they're, they're sensible men, I'm sure. And then... Uh, so, would he be better with a with a director of football who brings them in maybe better quality players, or would they just not be willing to do the the way that Cam Davison wants? I'm always confused. It's tough when a manager's only been at one club to really be able to to really they, pin them down. They did have a head of recruitment, and that didn't last long. So no, um, that was when it went bad and got relegated. So maybe yeah. that does tell you. Maybe he was bringing in great players. <laughs> <laughs> Cam Davison can't work with good players. <laughs> <laughs> only work with bad players. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's an narrative I'm going to spin now. Rather, rather Gibson Johnston credit, I'll create this whole narrative. He purposely goes out and, and, and thinks, right, if Park Thistle signed this guy, would anybody be surprised? No, then I'll have him. <laughs> no, he's mine. And he's going to be great. <laughs> Work his bloody socks off for me. <laughs> right, let's get to... Let's go with... Let's go with the most talked about kind of... Anti-football. Subplot at the weekend, mm. Yes. Aberdeen's performance against Celtic in their 1-0 defeat. So on the one hand, it nearly works. Callum McGregor scores in the 87th minute. It takes a very good shot from the edge of the area in order to beat Kel Roos. that sounds, eh, when it hits the net. Yeah, oh, well, very nice, very nice finish. Crisp. However, Celtic had 33 shots with 81% possession, and Aberdeen had two shots. And if you can't work out the possession, then there's no hope for you. <laughs> Uh, uh, if I was an Aberdeen fan, I'd be fuming. I see. I'd be fuming. Yeah, Even if listen, it works, I'd be fuming. Listen, it's just fucking Celtic. Like, honestly, it's like you're not playing against Real Madrid at home. You're playing against Celtic, a Celtic team who hasn't played in a month. But but the gap is a gap between Aberdeen and Celtic, not the same between Craig. Celtic and Real Madrid. Shut up, Craig. It's, it's, it's not a fair. Aye, and, and did, did Celtic not play Real Madrid and go at them at Celtic Park and yeah. got a result out of it? L- listen, they're not going to be 4 1 or so. It's the. Uh, <laughs> aye, eventually, Tony. Uh, but they did have chances. They, they take chances. me chances and listen, you can get something. That's what I'm saying. And I think that if, if you're an Aberdeen fan, you, you're seeing yourself as third position, clear in third in the league. 
you have a pop, you have a go at the old firm at home. Why not? Why wouldn't you do that? Because look at what Hibs did against Rangers earlier on in the season. Look at what Hearts nearly did against Celtic. Great game, the four three one. You go at them and you'll get chances because that is the that is the nature of how Celtic play that, football. They're gonna give the ball away sometimes, and you've got players like Duck and Mayovsky that can make a difference up the other like end the of the park. Perfect player for this for one, that style. One hundred percent. And I think that the way that they went into it. Just looking for a draw. They weren't even looking to counter-attack. They were doing nothing. Connor Barron, I think, progressed the ball three times in the match. That was it. That's all they had. It was... And that's a forward-thinking midfield player. It was turgid. And, and listen, you can say, oh, but it nearly worked. It took until the 86th minute and a great goal and Aberdeen were just about going to get a point. Who cares? No Aberdeen fan would have come away from that game happy with a point because what they just watched for 90 minutes was horrific. Mm. That's that your kind of general point is kind of what I was saying earlier in the season when the whole Lee Johnson thing, where he said like yeah. pl- teams go out and they're already beaten by the old firm because of we've been u- yeah. used to it since been oh. used to it, been used to it since they were ten years old, but 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 also our under sixteens are really good at beating them. So and the, and <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And the thing is, you can try but, and look at the that's what happens because there is there is that wealth gap that you can say okay, it is, it is almost like playing Real Madrid at home because of how much money that Celtic can turn over compared to other, every other team in the league. But we don't accept that in Scotland. No. If they come to our ground, we want to have a go at them. Also, you're not playing against their accountants. Like you're you're not playing against like it's not money versus money. You're playing eleven versus eleven, play, and it, it fucking annoyed me. You can play in stages as well. You, mm. you see, like these things, you go with these these game plan and tactics. Is there's it only takes one moment, and then the game's up the fucking pole. I mean, like how little opportunity you're going to be to get. Because what's the idea? Is it good when saying now this is how he's going to play in every single match against them? Because that's what and that, the same thing. The majority of the time they'll get beat three 0 The other. So the rest of the time they'll get beat 1-0 like that and then they'll be once in every 20 or 30 where he gets the 0-0. That's shit. You might as well get beat 3-0, 4-0 and then eventually pick up three points or eventually pick up a draw that people can enjoy and have a bit of pride over. Because I just I, you, there's so little to gain from from playing like that. And there was, the likelihood is they've got so much quality. They are going to score. They are and they did. <laughs> They did. So it didn't, it didn't is, is it maybe a case? I'm looking at their team here, and there, there's a lot of talent in this team. But then I look at the back line, and I'm like, hmm, is it a case that he's playing like this at the moment because their defence isn't that good, and that if you're going to have a go at Celtic, you can possibly of, you, you need you need a solid backline, possibly. But I think I worry that uh, I think he got his fingers burnt at Ibrox um, before the break, and he mentions that, and he's I think he was on whatever he's, he's post match. And you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So that would make me think more that he's, he's, he sort of hurt himself a bit when he went to Ibrox, had a goal, got the plaudits, but they got beat 4-1. But again, the, the playing in stages, that's what I was talking about with Hibs. They, they sat too deep in the second half and they didn't try and keep the ball for a little while. It's the same, but they played at little in moments where they, they would get them turning. You do that. You play in the same, you have different moments and you've got different tactics for different periods of the game. You don't just go one one way of playing because it, it stung Johnson in the end because he'd went for it and it stung him the exact same thing except that Johnson done it in one half and he's done it for the full 90 minutes same thing's happened uh, and as I said I always think of managers when they talk about playing these better teams is they always talk about the sections of the game and whether how they plan on hurting them when we get the ball in this area we think they've got a weakness so that's when we maybe will commit and that's the thing you've got to do because you can't just sit there and not even keep possession of the ball never even mind trying to score goals or not even keeping the ball for any sort of length of time to give anyone a rest eventually someone which in this case is Barron gets caught too deep and he isn't able to go and face the ball and Cal McGregor puts in a great strike so I just think there's there's so much you've really got fuck all to gain and I know you'll say I've got a point to gain and the grand scheme of things might not even get you anywhere apart from a pissed off fan base <laughs> No, nah, I mean, I mean the, the the Aberdeen fans that I follow on Twitter, um, maybe a slight echo chamber of Aberdeen fans, I don't know, but none of them were happy at this. I don't think anyone could have... Po- I mean, like, the fans watching at home were annoyed enough. Imagine being there. I, I was thinking the entire time I was watching it, imagine that was a Hearts performance at Tynecastle against Celtic. Half 12, no, been, no, I'd been at a game in a month. I would have left it 0-0. Mm. I would have. Honestly, it's just, it's not how you do it. And then it's like, you get the occasional, oh Christ, Aberdeen have it in Celtic's half. Oh look, oh, that's, that's them got the ball mm. back now. Oh, every single Aberdeen player just ran back into their own box. Like those fucking charity things when you get 100 kids to play against Dundee's <laughs> first team. Like, that's what it was. It was just like, you can try and look at the positives, right? They defended okay for 86 minutes. Even then, it took a very good goal. They defended okay. But if you put 11 men inside your own box, the likelihood is you'll probably defend okay because yeah. You've got enough bodies in the way, but even then, Celtic missed some bad, like some really good like, chances. Like they were Kyogo, still making, yeah, Kyogo uh, going at it with his shin instead of his foot. Like that should have been one 0 and that was what fiftieth minute or something like that. Would Aberdeen have changed the way they played after that? Who knows? Uh, it was just, it was pathetic. 
because I, I mean they've got the players there. You're talking about defence, but I'm just thinking of it. Looking at the the team is that you've got McCrory there who can come out and and sort of sort of ruffle feathers by driving out with the ball and and sort of like displacing maybe some some Celtic players like that. And then you've got Ramadani who can maybe then who can sit in. Do you, do you understand what I mean? They've got bits where they can they can do these things and they can use the the sort of pros of their own players to to cause to cause them baller. And then as I said with. With Lopez up front, with Duke, I mean, you've got like the ideal player possibly in the league for counter-attacking. It's ideal, uh, and and if you just need, and you've got Clarkson in behind them, who's who's really good in the ball, he's composed, he's got a strike. You get them together close, even three or four times in ninety minutes, you'll get a chance out of that almost definitely. The thing that annoyed me the most, Aberdeen have been superb at Petodji this season. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not just play into that? They've been so good at Petodji. Honestly, like fans uh, buzzing, it's been a month. Yeah, and they play great football. They mm. score good goals. Uh, Mayovsky, Duke, all these play- Clarkson, like all the guys you just mentioned, mm. they've all been able to light up Petodji this season, and that has been a massive, massive positive. That's why they are where they are in the league right now, and they abandoned that. And that just uh, honestly, I'm, I feel my heart rate getting up here. I'm not even a fucking Aberdeen fan. Like, I, I just, hate them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just annoyed me, but. Uh, on the flip side of that, fair play to Celtic. They never stop. They never do. Well, I know it's that horrible <laughs> fucking saying. Well, uh, a couple of Celtic players, I think, to focus on were the two returning from injury, Callum McGregor and Carl Starfelt, who yeah. I felt, felt were the best two players from yeah. the day. Starfelt's, Starfelt was brilliant. I was really sceptical about him when he first came in uh, last season. I wasn't sure how he was going to fit in. I think he looked a wee bit dodgy. He's had a couple of injuries since then, obviously. He's, he's been kind of stop-start, but you can see his quality. And Callum McGregor, for me, is still the best midfielder in Scotland. I, I like watching him play. Uh, I love the way he wins the ball back he never loses it when he's in possession and he's got that left foot he's got that potential to put in the bottom corner when it's needed and he's, he's you know he has strolled into that captain's armband off the back of Scott Brown leaving and he's just made it his own uh, it was always going to be a difficult follow-up to, to you know go after someone so iconic someone so divisive uh, and, and what he's done is he's just come in and he's just basically made it his own so yeah he's better than Scott Brown yeah yeah better football Okay, let's move on to our final Premiership game from the weekend, and that was Hearts defeating Kilmarnock 3-1 on Saturday with an excellent first half performance. Second half wasn't that great, but three points in the end. And I deserve three points for the home side, Rob. Yeah, it was. I deserve three points in the end. Um, You know, it wasn't a, a tale of two halves as such. I don't think Kilmarnock created all that much to be honest to make it seem like it was a really close contest scored a goal from a a, a poor set piece from a Hearts point of view I'll come on to that in a wee bit but Hearts looked like they'd had a rest uh, and it looked like that's exactly what they needed after a really tough uh, opening few months to the the season spoke about on the season review so far with with Duncan Mackay that October just about killed us just about killed me to be honest like I haven't watched Hearts uh, struggle for for so many games in such a, a condensed period of time but you get used to it. Sorry. <laughs> but you could you could properly see it in in certain players who maybe weren't at their best earlier on in the season. Barry Mackay being one yep. of them. Uh, Mackay's touch was back. Uh, his drive was back. His dribbling was back, and he was also creating opportunities again, which he hadn't really done. To be honest, it kind of became the undroppable man because of what he can produce on his day. But I thought he should have been dropped before is, the break. Is there any sorry? Is there any correlation at all that Mackay is back to his best? Yeah, the, the break certainly helped, and and that is an aspect. Of of it, but also it's back to the three four three. Yeah. Mackay is a lot more central than he was out in the were, basically were, on the left wing. But you're yeah. not certain it was going to be four at the back. I was even looking at the team because it made more sense because you kind of thought if it was going to be a four at the back that Toby Civic was going to play. Yeah, but he didn't. And to be fair, I know what why Nielsen did that and that he if it, this is a plan to play the three four three going forward and Craig Halgott's going to have to play on the right of the of the defensive line and if you're going to need that then he's going to get need to get the minutes and reps to get up to speed because. Robbie even said to, to me, oh, this is a um, slight peek to an article coming out tomorrow. But uh, Robbie even said to me afterwards that, that Hulk himself sees himself as a, as a centre-back in the middle of a three. Yeah. But they think he's he's got enough... <laughs> It's like, it's like quite a, niche for you, mate. You should probably just probably be a centre half, I maybe know, a two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they think he's he's got the ability to, to play on the right. It does. So that's that's something they're going to work on. It, with it's him. something that you, you look back to his Livingston days and Craig Halkett was great at stepping out with the ball, mm. uh, playing into the midfield and actually continuing his run quite often. His goal scoring record for Livy was brilliant. His goal scoring record in his first season at Hearts was brilliant because he was able to do that. But for a few times for Hearts, yeah, no, he, he, he did. He's able to support attacks in, in such a way, and that kind of shows last season the, the success of the three four three for Hearts came 
came from Stephen Kingsley on the left of it and John Suter on the right of it. Either one of them driving forward with the ball, creating attacks that way. And, you know, Craig Halkett, he's not got the pace, he's not got the passing ability of, of uh, John Suter. However, he does have the ability with the ball at his feet and the strength to then sort of hold people off, find the short passes. Getting him back in is, is massive. Um, I, I think Michael Smith on, on right wing back actually played really well. Yeah, um, I, I, think, I don't think there was any poor performance in would, the Hearts team. No, I don't can think Can I so. ask just as an outsider, would you not want if Halkett's playing on the right, and again, you're saying they both played well, but... With Smith and Halk out there, does that not make Hearts vulnerable mm. to, to like to, to, to certain wide players in, in the league? Would that not be a slight worry? Going yeah, forward? no, like a hundred percent. And I think we, we kind of kind of saw it earlier on in the season, but obviously not for a very long time because he got injured. But against Zurich, uh, they were able to expose that right hand side because they were getting him behind Halkett because he didn't have that pace, and then his uh, hamstring snapped, mm. and that was kind of it. But yeah, I, I mean, the 3-4-3, three, three, I, I really enjoyed it last season because we had the constituent parts. Mm. I'm slightly more nervous this time because of the likes of Craig Halkett and Stephen Kingsley then playing in the middle of a back three. I feel like it's a waste of Kingsley. I mean, you're talking... It, it I, I think he might play on the left when Rowles is back. I think he will play on the left because Rowles will play in the middle. When's, when's Rowles due back? Well, he's, he's, he's back next week. He was oh, just, right, okay. He's suspended. Well, that, that, that makes more sense then because it's like, so this is more like a stopgap because they've been, as you were saying, when they were in Spain, they were stuff. working on it. You don't just want to abandon it because one... One yeah, part. Right. So, right, that makes because I was thinking like, I mean, if you're going to put Halk out there, that's all well good. But like, surely to the to the detriment of Kingsley, surely you want him. He's he's always going to be better than Halkett as a wide centre half, definitely and always. It, you would think, aye, when Rolls comes, aye, for the next team, you would think Halliday will drop out and Rose that's, yeah, that's a that's a yeah. good that's a good back three. It's got it's, with Rolls, Halkett, and Kingsley. It's got a, so much balance, and they all they all um, sort of. What's the word I'm looking for? Contribute to each other's uh, attributes. Yeah, they can all step out as well, and that's something that Robbie's talked about quite a bit in terms of well, what the ball you see in a game. That's yeah. very what, important. What he wants because obviously the fans kind of I think a lot look at the the three at the back or the back five as it is quite a lot of the time because it is Alex Cochran and usually Michael Smith who are two career fullbacks. I yeah, know Cochran's still quite young, but you know what I mean. So you kind of you tend to look at it and go, oh, is that a wee bit too negative? But Nielsen talks about the fact that he thinks the three four three contributes to attack a lot because they have the centre halves that can step out, and once you step out, you start to create overloads. And I, I would fully agree with that because Alex Cochran had a goal disallowed for for offside. Mm-hmm. He was just offside, but that was him, the furthest advanced player on the park. And in the first half, and Mike, you actually you want to see Craig Halkett getting in the opposition box as well because he's very good at that. And in the first half, Michael Smith was was really advanced on the right hand side, basically camped in in Kilmarnock's half, and that sort of brings me to. Uh, uh, the reason why I think Hearts were able to win this game it was just a slight tweak uh, to what everyone imagined it was going to be Josh Janelli played as the number 9 and Lauren Shanklin played as a, a sort of recessed number 10 and that threw Kilmarnock off completely they've got zero pace at the back mm. and basically they play anyway. a, they play a bizarrely high-ish line which meant that Janelli was just able to snaffle up everything get him behind he times his run so well just now Janelli is getting him behind so often and the two goal scorers in the first half, Josh Janelli and Lauren Shanklin, because Hearts were able to bamboozle uh, Kelly's back line with that. And that also meant that Michael Smith was up supporting attacks because Lauren Shankland isn't there to cross the ball in the box. You need width on the right. That allowed Michael Smith to then be there. It was a nice balance to the whole display and the whole team for Hearts. And that's how, that's how you beat these sweaty, shite teams. Eh? You, need to, <laughs> you, do, you know the one, you know, I'm, I'm, no offence, Kamara fans, but I'm sure they're well aware that their team's fucking rubbish. Um, so, uh, so that you sweaty know, and shite. But you know, you know when they sit in so much and you can't just be normal. It needs to be rotated men. They need yeah. to do you see all the big teams all do it. The reason they do that is because you can't just rely on everyone just playing their position. People are going to get doubled up on. And it's going to be so deep that you're going to need to pull people out of position. Uh, one thing I wanted to add for Hearts is that um, I wasn't surprised to see Devlin and Snodgrass going together in midfield. That's a lovely duo. Like I get, talk about like complementing each other. So there's so much and with. Keo and Grant just haven't really shown. It's not that they've been woeful all the time, but they've never looked like you can be like, I can hang my hat on them as good midfielders for Hearts. I, I don't disagree, but what I would say is, um, when it felt like it might get back to the wall for Hearts, Kelly had, had brought one back, Hearts put Keo and Grant in the midfield and uh, Hearts regained possession yeah, and, and regained control of the both game. Both of them maligned players, I think, so mm. far in the, the Hearts career, but both played well. Yeah, and George Grant especially, um, I, I really like him. Uh, I think he's got great feet, he's got a great touch and he maintains possession. Mm-hmm. So actually in a period of the game when you might be sort of giving the ball away a lot, which is what Hearts were doing, they were creating their own problems. You brought on George Grant and all of a sudden you found that Hearts had possession for two, three minutes at a time. 
everything going through mm. him because he has the composure, the calmness that, that Snodgrass also has, but Snodgrass is a 35-year-old man who gets tired. So yeah, you're only going to be able to use them both, aren't you? 100%. And I, I have to say as well, uh, Snodgrass has been a great signing. I've been, oh, yeah. I've oh, been yeah. really, really... I was surprised it took so long for someone to, someone to do it. Yeah, I've, I've been really impressed since he came in. He's just so calm. He never loses the ball uh, and, and he's great in that way, but also... And he's got those set pieces. But, but also Keel coming off the bench as well. I thought he did well and he actually broke the lines a few times yeah. uh, sort of trying to get in behind, which was a, an aspect of his play that I hadn't seen before. So, no, Listen, all in all, he's usually good at other players breaking the lines past him. Yeah, <laughs> all in all, uh, a, a good performance from Hearts, one that I was I was happy with. Um, obviously, not delighted because the second half there was a bit of a, a drop off there. Losing a goal from a set piece is never good. Kilmarnock contributed not much to the game. I thought Alan Power actually had a good game in the centre of the park. I think him against Devlin was a really interesting wee battle. That sounds fun, eh? Dan Armstrong is niggly and he just keeps running and he creates and he he had a decent enough game. Bobby Wales uh, coming in at the very last minute up front. I think he did what he he did yeah. what he could. Um, he was up against Craig Halkett. A bit of hiding to nothing. He, he was up against Craig Halkett <laughs> a lot. Dodge can't get a game against a 70-year-old laddie. Aye. It's not coming back for you, Dodge. <laughs> I actually thought Dodge looked Okay, he came off the bench. Doyle's looked okay because he offered something different, yeah. uh, and he gave the hearts back. Well, basically, they went two up, uh, two up top after half time, which I think is what contributed to Kelly coming back into it a wee bit. But yeah, Bobby Wales, uh, I, I really enjoyed Craig Halkett stepping on his foot, and his boot came off. And then as Bobby Wales was going to retrieve his boot, Halkett just booted it away, <laughs> just like thumped it about twenty yards away, and just like turned. Welcome ra- to the big leagues. <laughs> People <laughs> throw your shoes. Turned, ra- <laughs> turned around to Willie Collin was just like, I am what. <laughs> what, what are you going to do? Uh, that Kilmarnock team, man. I'm just looking at it and like, uh, my eyes are sore. They've yeah, there's, there's not much there. Joe Wright had an absolute abomination. He was at fault for all three goals. He was he was horrendous. Paul Hanlon. Yeah. And Liam, Liam Donnelly. Just, yeah. You cannot dine out on that small opening of the season where you scored like six goals. They were all penalties anyway. Uh, yeah, just funny reading Craig Anderson's responses like during the game when they're already a goal down. Yeah, yeah. And McInroy's now not like, starting to look at struggling a bit. Well, he struggled because he was playing it. He was playing left. Back. Aye, so it's just it's just there's so much wrong with the team. And yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not going to say. I mean, I, I support the team that's in the biggest free fall. So I mean, I'm maybe not in a position to start uh, pointing fingers at who's going to go down. But I've thought Kelly were. Like the, the worst team, man for man, the worst team on paper in the league, uh, and the only reason we thought they would get anywhere is through Derek McInnes, and it, and I, I still I still believe they've got the worst group of players. Is that is that now uh, one point from a possible twenty seven away from home for Kelly this season? Not great. I uh, not great. I know um, they need to buck up their ideas because I uh, just the other day put a f- it's, this is thanks to Duncan Mackay and his, his pessimism. Aye, five on hips to finish in the bottom two. two. Twenty to one. Fuck off, Duncan. I mean, it's not a bad price. Twenty to one is a good price. But the thing it's not happen. Hibs might be able. Hibs might be able to. Teddy Butcher vibes. It's not going to happen. Because uh, well, they're both English. <laughs> 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 they both put their heels on. Right, that'll do us. I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. going over to Patreon. Yes, yeah, so we're going to go Patreon. We're going to talk about the, the, world cup. the end of the World Cup. Uh, fucking great. Nice. Yeah. Let's go as a come to try watch Scottish football. <laughs> so if you'd like to listen to that, it's patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast, and that will be on the £2 a month tier. Rob, say goodbye. Goodbye. Tori, say goodbye. Goodbye. And I'm Craig Fowler. Until next time, enjoy your football. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.